Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Well, hello, everybody. We I'll are... Just- uh, we are oh, a- yeah, you, you go ahead and tell everybody things. Okay. Um, no, I was just going to say we are a Heinz ketchup bottle away now from Christmas. Ooh. Yep. Measuring things in ketchup. That's an interesting take. Well, I it's like just, that it's a just lot. 57, right? Everyone else Heinz 57. We're 57 days away. I, I, I'm starting to do Christmas shopping now. Like, I'm fully, I'm fully involved. I know. I know Halloween isn't even here. Don't at me. I know. But I am excited about it, and I'm here for it. Good. You know what I'm excited about? It's not Saturday night. I don't give a shit about Halloween. To me, it's just an annoying little distraction. And I, if you're one of those people that loves Halloween, good for you. Great. I will turn off my lights this year because I've got the perfect excuse for it. Nobody can blame me for being antisocial. I'm going to turn off the lights and hope that nobody rings my doorbell. What I'm looking forward to is Tuesday. Election oh Day gosh. in America. You know, it's so funny you say that. I was just talking to Simon over at our brother station, and he was saying the exact same thing. Because I was like, oh, what's your plans coming up this weekend? He's like, honestly, I'm mostly looking forward to Tuesday. I kind of forgot about Halloween. And I thought, I wonder how many people are with you and Simon as well and me. I'm. What is going to be the fa- and the aftermath, right? It's not necessarily Tuesday. Tuesday's Tuesday. It's going to be kind of boring, to be quite honest with you. All sure. through the day, if you any channel you flip it on, because obviously it takes over everything. There's not going to be any new episodes of any of your favorite shows if they air on Tuesdays. None of that's happening. It's all election all the time. That part to me is like, meh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's once they start to get results in, it gets exciting. And then once we find out, it gets more exciting. And what's going to happen post-result is going to be the most exciting of all. Because you're either going to get a Trump win and uh gloat and a hear whole about bunch it. of those fucking loser celebrities i'm moving to canada right oh, sure of off. course you're gonna get all that all that stuff is gonna happen on wednesday right that's gonna be the day where it all hits the fan or there's gonna be an issue right they're gonna have to recount or if someone's gonna if trump especially i think you might agree with me here let me know if if trump loses and it's close he's gonna demand that they that they recount correct I have a feeling this election will not be over on Tuesday yeah, yeah. or Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. It's going to be a whole week ordeal, right? This is going to be a full-fledged event. Somewhere in and around the U.S. Thanksgiving, someone will have to concede, I think. I think the courts are going to get involved, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That's one path. The other path is, and I can see this, Trump's going to win. He's just going to straight up win the election, and then Joe Biden is the one who is going to have to decide— Well, am I going to the courts or what? Listen, there's been way too many advanced ballots cast. And you can tell by looking at all the rallies that are happening in America, looking at the social media. Democrats are not that inspired by Joe Biden. They're inspired by not having Donald Trump in the White House. But Joe Biden isn't doing anything to move the needle. Most Democrats don't like their choices in this election. Trump supporters are passionate. I think... A lot of the advanced voting that's been done and a third of the U.S. population has already voted. I think those are Trump voters. A lot of them. I think there's at least just as many votes in there for Trump as there is for Biden. Despite what the polls say, I think there's a lot of votes in there. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if on election night they say Donald Trump has won based on the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. I really hope that. Um, in being optimistic about the whole thing, regardless of the result, you, you make a great point in that Joe Biden, I think most people know, you look, look at the choices, I should say, the choices alone. People are looking at the choices saying, seriously, this is, these are the top two. 
These the 77 year old man who can't stay awake. These are the top two choices. So at the least, I'm really hoping that this is a motivator for a lot of younger people and, you know, whatever, middle aged people even in politics already. But younger people that are still trying to pursue or figure out what they want to do for a living, taking a look at this and going, are you fucking kidding me? I can do this. Yes, if you can. Yeah, you know what? Exactly. If they're doing it, hell, yes, you can. I don't care where you come from, what your background is. Yes, you can. Because look at these options. People are doing nothing but complaining. I would rather live in a society where we have so many, and I'll talk here about here in Canada too, where we have so many incredible choices that's really hard to even figure out who's going to lead each party because there are so many fabulous choices. These are the top two? That's shitty, man. That's not oh, good. It's an awful crop to have to choose from if you are an undecided voter. There's so many pros, more cons than pros is what I meant to say to both candidates. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am fully expecting that if it's close or not even close to decided on election day, then yeah, it's going to end up in court for a while. There is going to be a lot of fighting at the state level, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be protests in the streets that are going to get violent. Mm Mm-hmm. And I hope not. I hope nobody gets hurt. But I understand the passion on both sides. Both sides feel like they're fighting for something greater than them. The Democrats think they're fighting to get their country back. Republicans think they're fighting for their future and that the economy will be destroyed and and Biden will shut them down again and that sort of thing. And I'm not here to say who's right or wrong, but when they're that passionate, Yeah, I could easily see this going south. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to love every second of it. I mean, I think you know me. Whenever there's an election, I go full-blown war room. I've got two laptops. I've got my iPad and I've got my phone. I've got my map of the Electoral College. I zoom in on specific counties to try and figure out where there's more votes. Kind of like you see on the magic wall on CNN, but on a much less sophisticated uh, premise. Gotcha. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I should film my war room one night. Yeah, of course you should. Uh, well, why not? Why not do it on on election night? I mean, yeah, why maybe not? I will share it. Maybe I will this Share's year. I I uh, I'm really into it. To me, Super Bowl Sunday is actually Tuesday, right? And it's going to be far more interesting than any football game ever could be. Yeah, we'll Trump probably versus Biden. We'll have to do a special, I think, election edition of the podcast on on Wednesday. I think would be probably the best time to do that. And uh, we'll maybe make it a little bit longer than usual and talk about everything because I know that you'll be up for it. So why not? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this wedding in York region, for those listening outside of the greater Toronto area, York region is the area just north of Toronto. And that includes uh, Vaughan, Richmond Hill, Markham, Newmarket, Aurora, King City, and I'm sure I'm missing a few. Sorry if I am. In York Region, they are one of the areas that's in a modified stage two. Well, public health in York Region has now put out a notice. 44 confirmed cases of COVID-19 linked to a large wedding in the city of Vaughan. Wow. Wednesday, October 14th and Sunday, October 18th. That I'm not clear about. Was Did they have two different weddings? With 100 uh, people at each, or was one of them a rehearsal, oh, or how did it a, work? That's a great question. Um, why, why would you even host a large rehearsal or some, or to have two events? Man, you're taking a risk on one alone, aren't you? Well, here's what we know from this wedding. This is what public health has been able to figure out so far through contact tracing. 44 confirmed cases from that 100-plus person wedding. 
Five in York region, 31 cases in Peel region are from this wedding. Two cases in Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, one case in Simcoe, Muskoka, three in Halton, one in the region of Waterloo, and one in Toronto. Now, this wedding happened right before York Region went to their modified stage two. I don't know if they actually broke any rules here, but at what point does public health look at this and say, okay, this is a problem. We've got all these restaurants and gyms that are closed right now with really not a lot of evidence to back up the fact that they should be closed. The numbers certainly aren't declining en masse because they're closed. But then you get one fucking wedding with 44 infections so far that's been linked to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different regions. At what point do we say, yeah, I think we shut down the wrong shit. Maybe the (laughs) restaurants shouldn't be closed. Maybe it's the banquet halls or the whatever. I mean, let's keep in mind, uh, what is it, uh, conservative MPP Sam Oosterhoff or whatever his name is? Right. He was filmed at a banquet hall having a family get-together, no masks in the picture. Now, he insists he had a mask on every other time. He just took it off quickly for the picture. But still, that's a bad look. Right. And it's, again, linked to a large gathering. Nothing to do with restaurants or gyms or movie theaters, for that matter. Well, what about the banquet halls themselves? I mean, are so what is your thought on that then? Because if they're doing everything right or to the best of their ability, should they take the hit on that? I think, you know, I think that uh, it's time to start putting the onus on people. There's too many businesses that are shut down, losing their livelihood, their full investment, their life savings down the shitter. They're losing it all, even though they're doing everything right. And all it takes is one asshole to break protocol and come in with symptoms. Mm-hmm. Or one person to spread it to another person. And even if the restaurant did everything right, it is still possible. And they're going to get linked to it. And I don't like that at right. all. Right. I don't think that's fair at all mm-hmm. that all these businesses are shut down. I mean, I think we should be on a one strike and you're out policy. Open everything back up everything but the second we find out you didn't follow the protocols boom you're done yeah shut her down shut her down you're gonna have to i mean look at this one wedding 44 infections over seven different regions and who knows how many people those people spread it to in the meantime so my thought my my i'm curious i'm curious because if let's say uh you decided to attend this event obviously you know what's going on in the world you still decide to attend this event obviously people were not socially distancing at this event because we have so many people who contracted covid how many of them actually regret going to the wedding because i have a feeling that if you're if you're willing to step into that hall and you know there's a hundred people there and you know that eh, there's a possibility someone's sick here but i'm taking a risk do you actually give a shit if you contracted COVID-19? I don't know that any lesson will really be learned here, to be honest with you, amongst those people. I, I, I bet you if we spoke to any of them who contracted COVID, they'd be like, oh, it was worth it. We fucking partied. It, it seemed like a normal night. We were happy to do it. Do I necessarily blame them for wanting a normal night and just make it seem like a normal night anyway? No, I don't blame you. I'm, but I'm, it's not normal. But it's well clearly it it scott it was like i mean you can't contract covid unless you were close 
Unless you, you know, you think everyone at that wedding was wearing masks and doing all the abnormal no. things? Not Fuck a chance. no. So of course it was a normal night. It was a normal night for them, except for the guest list was probably cut. I'm assuming they wanted 300 people there. They had to stick with the 100 and hopefully they did. I'm hearing a lot about different, uh, you know, we've heard a couple of wedding stories and some of them kind of refusing to give up a guest list, which I don't think is illegal to do. I'm not really sure of the legalities of it. But they don't want to give it up because they're like, no, fuck you. I wanted a normal wedding. This is what I wanted. And the people who came willingly came to my wedding. They shouldn't be in trouble for it. Uh, that's how I see it anyway. I don't think if you're willing to go to a wedding and you know not everyone was socially distanced there, probably not yourself either, and you probably didn't wear a mask, especially if you're eating and doing all those normal things, you don't give a shit anyway. You don't even give a shit if you contracted it. You don't care. So what lesson is learned? What are we learning? What are we doing? I don't understand, you know? Listen, I, I, great. Yeah, I want a normal wedding too. And I want to go to restaurants like I used to. And I don't want to wear a mask when I go into a store. I want, I want, I want, I want. Stop. It's not normal. If you happen to be getting married during a pandemic, well, shit, that sucks. But you've got two choices. You can either do your best to stop the spread or you can reschedule your wedding. But you really can't have it both ways or we end up in a situation like this. A hundred people, and I'm going to guess that uh, were the bride and the the groom, they were probably from the same bubble, but there was dances that happened. There was wedding party people that were not from the same bubble that were fucking dancing together. There was likely dancing at this reception. Mm-hmm. You can't have shit like that. Speeches, people spitting all over microphones and clinking glasses together for toasts right. and shit like that. Yeah. That's how this stuff happens. Yes, but again, so what happens now? I'd rather tell every single person that's got ambitions of a great, big, huge wedding right now. Nope. No weddings. Period. You want to get married? Five people. City Hall. There you go. To keep all the other businesses open. There's way too many people that can't go to the gym. And and for people sure. who don't go to the gym, you think, but, oh, who gives a shit? So but the the, people, to the people who do go to the gym, that's an important thing. That's good for their physical and mental health. Sure. I don't disagree with you on all of that. But what about – I'm going to go back to the banquet halls for a second, though. So then what happens with them? There's some very nice, actually decent humans that do own and run these halls. Sure. So I know they're quite just a few fucked. Of them. They're just fucked from here on out. they got to close up shop. We've already heard of halls closing up shop and not, by the way, returning any deposit money. Apparently. Let me ask you a question. What's the difference between a restaurant and a banquet hall? Well, a restaurant, you can come in and out of any time that you go to. You don't have to book. You can right. go there. Capacity. For a party of two. Capacity is the main thing in catering facilities. If you can't have large gatherings, it doesn't make sense to have banquet halls. Does it? Well, uh, but there's buts and ifs and protocol. Yes, you can, but 50 people. Yes, you can, but socially distanced. Yes, you can, but you've got to use the outside of it. So there's a lot of... Yeah, you can use it right now, but of course there's a ton of protocols in place. Same as restaurants, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of protocols in place for them, and you can have groups of people, usually no more than 10, if I'm not mistaken, at a time. But, yeah. Let me ask you this, what do banquet halls do when they've got a banquet hall, and they're following all the rules, and they're being as safe as they can, and they're doing everything public health told them to do? But they've got this big rental, and they're, they're scheduled to make like 70, 80 grand in one night off of that rental, but... They see these people inside not wearing masks and dancing with a DJ and all that sort of stuff. Do they walk in and turn the lights on and say, all right, everybody out? Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that. And frankly, they're usually not in residential neighborhoods, so I'm not sure if there's any neighbors that are calling bylaw. This seems like the place where you can get away with it. 
unless that banquet hall is right on top of things saying either put your damn mask on and shut the damn music off or we're calling the police. And I don't know that they're necessarily going to do that with that kind of money on the line. No, probably not. And I kind of don't blame them for not wanting to to cut them or to cut their revenue. Yeah. I don't blame them for not they're wanting hurting. to. Nobody wants to lose any more money. No. But at the end of the day, somebody has to enforce the goddamn rules. And the rules are there for a reason. There's businesses that are shut down and people losing everything over this fucking virus. And and there's still people flaunting the rules that are keeping those businesses shut down. It's not right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel really, really bad for the business owners. I feel in all bad this. for all the business owners, all of them. I feel like there's a way we can make this modified. And I know it's hard to speak for, let's say, Toronto, because Toronto, where it's not as great, it, it, where do you well, draw Toronto's the line? a big city. I'm not surprised they're getting 300 infections a day. Percentage-wise, that seems kind of normal to me. Right. I mean, no, we don't want anybody to get infected. But, I mean, what was it, 299 yesterday? I mean, that's high, but in a city of 5 million, well, relatively speaking, it's not the end of the world. I just wonder how it's still spreading to that many people. How are that many people still catching it every day if people are following the rules? Because mm-hmm. it seems like they're not. I mean, anywhere I go... I see people basically following the rules, although I was at Shoppers recently. I think I mentioned that. I walked into the uh, aisle to get some shampoo, and there was a guy beside me not wearing a mask. And I just looked up and realized, holy shit. I don't think any other time you would look at somebody wearing a mask in a store and think, oh, my God, what's going on? Are we being robbed? Now you look at somebody not wearing a mask that way. Right. No, I've done it before, by the way. I've accidentally walked into a store without my mask on. But then I realized partway through, I went, oh, oh, shit. What am I doing? It was a while back when masks were first enforced, but still, I felt you almost feel naked now. Like now, I know. Now I realize. Now I don't even like being in the parking lot without a mask on because then I worry I'm not going to pull my mask up in time or something's going to happen. So I put the mask on as soon as I get out of the car. <laughs> uh, there's a few times when I forgot I had it on. I've got a few masks that are really comfortable and they're uh, fairly loose fitting and i'll be driving away and realize oh fuck i didn't even take my mask off yet oh that's good that's a good problem to have right now if you have that mask buy multiples of that because i have a couple of masks that not so comfortable they're my backup to the backups basically (laughs) shove those in the glove box kind of deal that i can't stand i have yet to find one that makes me feel that way where i don't even notice i have it on well, I'll, I'll throw out a little tip here, and yeah, I'm a little biased because I work for them, but the, the masks that the Toronto Rock have and are selling are actually pretty good. I think they're 10 bucks, and they oh, fit nice. really, really well, and they're Ooh. big. They cover most of your face, but they're comfortable. Yeah, that's good. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Rock, we won't, we won't spend too much time on it, but how do you feel about the fact that the season was pushed back again? Any surprise? Oh. You know, I'm just amazed that they're doing it. Uh, yesterday, the National Lacrosse League... I think they're the first big league to officially declare we're on and set a date. Uh, it's going to be the weekend of April 9th to 11th. They're going to start up and they say they'll work with health officials in all of their cities to provide the safest protocols for players, staff and fans. A detailed schedule will be released soon. Huh. I mean, that's good. Set a date and it's something to work towards. That's great. Uh, even the OHL apparently is going to start up again on February the 4th. Fine. If you have that date, then yeah, you can start planning and things like that. And there's a lot of planning to do for teams in an off season. The thing is, we don't know what this pandemic is going to look like. Right. Looks like we're going to have a vaccine next week, uh-huh. widely distributed throughout 2021. 
Are you going to need to have the vaccine to get into these games, though? Right. Is it going to be physically distanced? How's that going to work? I don't know what it's going to look like. Will the American teams have to stay on the American side and the Canadian teams on the Canadian side? So many questions. You know, like, and I don't expect anyone to have the answers now. I don't know that anyone necessarily has a crystal ball where they can predict what's going to happen, except for China. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Listen, let me ask you a question. Speaking we started of, it and we'll end it. Obviously. Um, speaking of speaking of vaccines, something I thought of. Tell me that this is this is crazy. I think because we know there's going to be some pushback when it comes to the vaccine. So let's say the vaccine's here. It's in Canada. It's available. It's ready to go. Would would it not just be a fine idea to vaccinate the old people, basically, and yep. those vulnerable with pre-existing health conditions, whatever yep. you might, whatever category you might fall under? Right. And the rest of us just, if we catch COVID, we catch COVID. But at least we know that these people who are vulnerable will be vaccinated. Isn't that just a fine idea? Or am I crazy? Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner. Good. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's exactly I don't get it. Why do we all need to, like, there shouldn't be a scenario where we all must get vaccinated if all we're worried about here is the vulnerable, pe- vulnerable people being A, hospitalized, or B, of course, dying. So why can't we just make sure that they're safe? And at a certain point, we get to a certain age range. Hey, guess what? You're 70 now. You should probably get the COVID vaccine. Here it is. And we and, and that way we're not vaccinating the entire fucking world. Is it? They're going to push it, though, because they want to make money off of it. Yeah, they do want to make money off of it. I, and I don't think there's going to be any shortage of that. I mean, the amount of money we're spending on all this is ridiculous. Um, I, I think probably the compromise here is exactly what you just proposed. We vaccinate people that want it, first and foremost, because there are young people who are very afraid of this. And sure, if you want the vaccine, you can have it. That makes you feel good, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Older people, highly recommended that you get it in the same way that it's highly recommended you get a flu shot. And for people with pre-existing conditions, if you've got asthma or something like that, also highly recommended for you as well. But at some point here, Kat, we're all going to have to shake hands and wish each other well and go on our way and, and get on with life because the the death toll here is fortunately staying fairly low. A lot of that has to do with how much we've learned. Our doctors have adapted to this very, very well, and we've got a lot of ventilators. We've been making them like crazy, like hundreds and hundreds a day out of the, the big car manufacturers in Michigan. That's fantastic. Good. So we've got the infrastructure in place. As long as hospital capacity stays relatively um manageable then yeah 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 focus on the older people focus on those with pre-existing conditions then we go to people who just want it oh sorry one other person in there healthcare workers if they want it right someone who's got to deal with people who are sick yeah and then people are just going to have to accept some responsibility if you're one of the people who went to that wedding in vaughn and didn't take any necessary steps to protect yourself if you get it, that's on you. Right. You know, I don't even know that you necessarily – if you went to – let me float this idea by you. If you do something, like go to a wedding with 100 people, and you aren't taking the necessary precautions to protect yourself, i.e. wearing a mask, not washing your hands regularly, dancing with people, sweating up a storm, that sort of shit. If you actually caught it, of course we'll take care of you. Of course we'll take care of you in our hospitals if, God forbid, you get sick. But should you really get the CERB if you have to stay home for two weeks? Should you really be allowed to apply for that compensation from the government because you decided you wanted to go out dancing for a night? 
Should we pay you to stay home for two weeks and self-isolate because you were at a, a super spreader event? You went there knowingly, willingly. Yes, yes, you went there knowingly. No, you're absolutely right. You went there knowingly. That was a choice that you made. And as long as you know what the ramifications of that choice are, and that's made crystal clear, yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, as much as I, uh, I, I threw that out there as a suggestion, or not a suggestion, but a thought starter. But then it occurred to me, you know what, if we do that, that's going to make contact tracing even harder. As is, like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people who won't say anything when public health phones and says, yeah, you were at this event, uh, or or we can see from the restaurant's log that you were here at this spot at this time. Somebody else who was there at the same time has tested positive for COVID-19. Who are you with? Uh, I don't want to rat anybody out. So you don't give up the information. Or you were at a wedding and you don't want to give up the guest list. That's hard for public health to try and track things down, but people need to know. Unless they just make it mandatory that everybody has to have the the, the COVID app, and I'm there's still a lot of people that don't. The government likes to take a victory lap on this thing, like, oh wow, four million people have downloaded it. Do you know how many smartphones there are in the country? Four million's good, but it's not even close to everybody. Mm-hmm. I've never had a notification that I was close to anybody who was exposed, but I also don't know who does and doesn't have the damn app. That's true, too, right? You, that's that's voluntary. So it's true. You don't know for sure. You, do, you don't know for sure, but at least you have that as a backup and it's still being encouraged to get it. I have it now and I check it now and again. Um, and same with same as you. But then I wonder how many people do have it, though? I don't know. OK, so today they're going to release new modeling data. The modeling data that came out in September for Ontario said that. By the middle of October, we're going to be having a thousand new infections a day. And people were like, oh, my God. Well, we did have a thousand new infections one day. And that was the only time it happened. Since then, the numbers have been fairly consistent and or declining. So they're going to readjust the modeling data today because we've done a good job. Even Doug Ford yesterday said we haven't flattened the curve, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly bending in the right direction. Yeah, so most- let me ask you, if you're the premier of Ontario right now, with this new modeling data, do you tell Toronto, Peel, York, and Ottawa they can come out of that modified stage two? Do you tell Halton and Durham, don't worry about it, guys, we're not even going to think about moving you? No, you make no, conclu- you make, you make no choices right now. You really? Keep things, yeah, you keep things the same right now. You know, there's a slight, like you mentioned, there's a slight, okay, oh, it's, it's looking good. It doesn't mean we're all good and the virus isn't gone. So obviously we have issues in those areas where it might be bad. Keep the businesses open as long as you can. I hate the, the gyms. The, I'm with you where I, I don't want businesses to close. So I feel like let them operate. And if anyone screws up, then they're in trouble. I like that. I think that we can probably manage that. But otherwise, I probably wouldn't make any any definitive choices of like, ah, guys, it's all good because you know what's going to happen. Wave three, if you want to call it that, or continuous wave two. Okay, a couple more things I want to mention here just so that we can fit them into the podcast, even though we don't have a ton of time to spend on them. Should you be allowed to do whatever you want with your own house, your own property? And, and I'll give you the story first. Woman set up a display in her yard for Halloween, and she's got a whole bunch of skeletons on like stripper poles and given lap dances and stuff like that. <laughs> you can see the picture right now as the featured image on this podcast, also available at scottandcat.ca. Can you do whatever you want on your lawn? Is it your property? Is it your land? Because the Homeowners Association said, take it down. Okay, first of all, the fact that there's a Homeowners Association involved, 
They're such buzzkills. So, of course, they're going to say to take it down. That's going to be their first order of business of like, well, it's offending someone, so please take it down. Of course, you can't post put anything on your lawn. Like, that's such a blanket. Like, that could be anything. Of course, you shouldn't put something offensive. Or if there was a picture of a naked, let's say that this was a naked person on a pole and you decide to put that for whatever reason on your front lawn or an offensive flag or something like, okay, I understand there being debate about whether or not you should take that down, even though it is on your property. Like, it's still not okay because of certain reasons this come on really it's just, it's it's funny i don't i i like it i think it's I, pretty funny i've heard a number of stories from people who have been told they have to take down their pro donald trump display really because there were so many complaints i thought i mean your land is your land and, and i don't get the difference you can put up a, a a political statement but you can't put up a bunch of skeletons and they're just skeletons by the way uh, you can't put up skeletons on a pole. Yeah, I get that there's some, some sexual connotation there, but I also don't think kids would get it in the same way that most Disney films are loaded with jokes that only the parents understand. Right. Isn't this kind of the same thing? Yes, 100 percent. I mean, I have a three year old. If I, we were walking in the neighborhood and I saw something like that, I would probably I mean, I, you can make stuff up. It's, it's not really a big deal. You, it, it, I, I don't I don't understand why you need to make such a big deal about it to the point where you have to demand it gets taken down. First off, she's not charging him 20 bucks a song. Second off, it's probably just a man and a woman that are in love. <laughs> that, right. You can spit it any way you want. Hey, they're being silly and they're um, playing on a pole and that's fine. It's a skeleton. Like, come on, man. Get over it. Get over it. Move along. It's Halloween. It happens but once a year, a very small amount of time. It's going to be taken down November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, whenever they get around to it. Just get over it. And don't walk by it or drive by it if you can. Like, just leave it alone. Khloe Kardashian had COVID-19. We're going to see it this season on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, it's going to be a next episode. Um, it's, it's an interesting... We kind of... They alluded to it when they did the te- when they first put out the teaser that she was sick and she was getting a test done. And a, a, actually, I think a few of them got a test done, if I'm not mistaken. But turns out, yes, in fact, she did have COVID nineteen at the time. And her she oh, says she did. Her symptoms were just actually they sounded terrible. It really did sound terrible. To have Corona, I have been in my room. It's going to be fine, but it was really bad for a couple of days vomiting and shaking and hot and then cold and i suffer from migraines but this was the craziest headache i wouldn't say it was a migraine the coughing my chest would burn when i would cough so you don't think there's any chance that this was acting to try and get attention no i don't think so do you think that she probably went out looking for it? Because this would be a great angle for the show. Because no, everything revolves around their media it's, life. It's the Kardashians. They were, before, before and during when COVID first started to really hit North America, they were doing all the things that the Kardashians do. What do they do? All the top things, all the top ways to get COVID, right? The top ones, partying, traveling, you know, doing all those things, sharing things together all the time, close contact with people. That's kind of a part of what they did. So it doesn't surprise me when when we hear that she she had it. I don't think that you'd need to make that up for ratings. That's for sure, because who gives a shit? Like, who cares? They would get rating. They would get the same ratings, I think. Yeah, more people are talking about it now, but that happens from time to time on the show. And finally, a spinoff of The Masked Singer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. We the masked all- dancer is dumb. <laughs> we all love like, a good That's fucking spin-off. stupid, right? So Craig Robinson is going to be hosting The Masked Dancer. And if you've seen The Masked Singer, you know the gist of it. It's celebrities. I'll use quotation celebrities. And they're in full-on costumes and masks. You, you don't know who they are. You can take guesses. And there's little clue packages before each one. To maybe some, some of it kind of throws you off. But anyway, they're supposed to help you figure out who these celebrities are. And then if they get voted off the show, that's when the unmasking happens. So they want to take that... For the, for the mass Singer and put it into dancing. So you're going to get people... Are they dancing by themselves is the question. I'm not sure how that works. I guess they're just dancing by themselves on stage. It's kind of awkward, but fine. So Craig Robinson, who I think is really, really funny. Um, he's pretty good. He's with the Hot Tub Time Machine. You've seen him in a couple different things, but that's one of them. And it's going to be... Ken Jong again, he's making a ton of money off of this franchise, though, because the ratings for Masked Singer are pretty good. Because he's the only good thing on it. Yeah, he's pretty funny. I like him. Um, they're going to have Brian Austin Green. Okay, fine. What? Whatever. Ashley good Tis- friends with uh, Robin Thicke, by the way. Yes, they were like besties. Ashley Tisdale. Okay, fine. And Paula Abdul back on a panel again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. She's the only one that's actually a dancer, though. She's the only one with the real experience. I d- but, but, Scott, you're not judging their dancing. It's not a, this is not a dancing, this is, you, I mean, you are, but you aren't. You can vote for who you think is the best, but it, this isn't actually a dancing competition show. So you really have to be the most showboaty person. And there was elements of that in, in The Masked Singer. You might remember the frog last year or last season on The Masked Singer who ended up being Bow Wow was a pretty good dancer. And people were trying to figure out based on his dance moves. So I think that's where they probably got the idea of let's throw them in these costumes and have them dance. And we can try to guess who they are. Oh, and they might be shitty dancers and they might be funny. But even if you're shitty, but you're entertaining, they want to keep you in there. So they're not necessarily going to judge you on your dance moves. If you're good, it probably no doubt helps get you to the finale. But I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably watch it. Just, just at least the first couple episodes and see what it's all about. Okay. Sounds good. And on that, we will say thank you for listening to After 9, everybody. You can agree, disagree, say something, not say anything. doesn't really matter. Uh, DM us anytime you want at Scott Fox on air or at Cat on air. That's Cat with a K. And our top trending stories every day are at scottandcat.ca. One more before the long... No, it's not a long week. It feels like a long weekend, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it kind of feel like we're going into a long weekend? Kind of, sort of. It's a Halloween thing being on a Saturday. It's throwing us all off. Mm-hmm. Have a great one, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow with another edition. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.